Hey, welcome back to Retro Time. This is a little bit of a special episode, a second part of a two-parter, and you didn't even know what the first part was. It was the last episode. But anyway, this episode is really cool. You're going to love it. It's about AI. I know you like AI. So how about you just sit back and listen? Maybe you'll enjoy it. I feel like our wives hey, have talked more than we have for the past. Yeah, I think few yeah weeks. they call they talk every week. Yeah, <laughs> my wife's helping uh, helping you guys. Is she helping out? Is she helping out or is she ruining things? Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess you know, as far as I know, Amy seems to be. I'll tell uh, her if she's ruining things, you let me know. All right, just <laughs> yeah, stop. and, and make it public easy. on the podcast. Uh, yeah, um, for everybody out there that's wondering what the hell Derek's talking about. Uh, Catherine has a uh, what would you describe? Parent it? I'm, coaching, I'm man. Very bad parent job. coaching. Coaching, parent coaching. Yeah, so helping and and she's she just recently started and so Amy is sort of her trial client. Yeah, it's client, like a trial client. It's for free. <laughs> yeah, there you go. It's free client. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah. Anyway, it's uh, it's been fun. She's you know passing me a bunch of links to read. So thank you for that. <laughs> yeah, you're very welcome. <laughs> you're very welcome. Um, anyway, uh, no, yeah, it's good. It's yeah. good. I had to do the same thing. When she started yeah. a lot of late. <laughs> so yeah, man, it's been good on my end too, man. I have uh you know, finally getting used to having a dog. I pet the doggy yeah, now. Yeah, Luna. Uh, yeah, Luna. Sweet puppy. Very sweet puppy. Mm-hmm. Having uh got a lot of losing teeth. I've noticed that's interesting with dogs. They lose the puppies. Teeth. Yeah, lose puppies. Puppy teeth? Yeah, puppy I actually teeth. did not know that. Yeah, and they We they, got our dog when he was three, and so I haven't ever had to I it's guess fascinating, to dude. Because like you know how when you're a kid you lose a tooth, it's a big old thing, mm-hmm. tooth fairy comes. She's yeah. just like chewing on rawhide, tooth fall out. Mm-hmm. You know. And do you? Uh, is there a puppy dog uh, fairy? A puppy there is. tooth fairy? Or? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah reason, and they, she reason. gets what, like five dollars, ten dollars. Yeah, it's it, it, yeah, it went up. Yeah. She gets ten dollars. <laughs> puppy <laughs> bucks. Puppy bucks. Puppy bucks. Yeah, there you go. Um, Chewy gift cards is what she gets. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, things have been good, man. I'm getting back in music a little bit more. Um, been focusing on. Uh, obviously, you know, jams are coming. You know, jams are obviously coming. They're coming. Those review jams are coming. Yeah, yeah they're coming. Um, <laughs> I have, uh, I have, you know, more equipment. I'm setting up my old, my old stuff and figuring out actually how to use it now. So uh, that's a, that's a good. Job. That's a plus. Um, there you go. And I've been, I've been dabbling in uh, Chat GPT as well. I wanted to tell you about mm. that. Yeah. So well, I for a second, I thought you were going to say dabbling in the dark arts, which um, yeah. Oh yeah. Similar. You know, ChatGPT. Some it depends who you ask. May or may not consider that right. Dark arts. Right. Yeah. And I've been having a good time with it, you know, trying to ha- write stories with it. I'll ask it questions, have it handle debates for me that I don't feel like dealing with. <laughs> um, I did that today. Uh, there was some debate about how whether a specific new concept we were trying to put in place adhered to some principle, some architectural principle. And I just mm-hmm. asked it and it laid it out very clearly. ChatGPT laid it out. Did you agree with it or did Absolutely, it, yeah. I no, wonder, it, I it was interesting. It, it wasn't that I agreed with it. It's just like it clarified the situation. It, it was it wasn't like a black or white thing. It okay. was like as so long as So I wonder as, if you yeah. if you had a debate with someone and you each had conflicting opinions on something. If you could ask it in a way that would get it to back you up depending on how you ask the question. You can't. Well, you um, get Oh yeah, I'm sure you can figure out how to game know? it. But I asked yeah. it a question where I knew there were two different viewpoints. Mm-hmm. You could say, tell me why the Java programming language is bad. It mm-hmm. will probably say the Java programming language isn't bad. That is an opinion. Oh, would it? Okay. Um, oh. And so, it, but it'll tell you, here are some things, some challenges people have using it, whatever, like that. And then mm-hmm. li- list them out. For some reason, it loves listing things to 10. 
like you can yeah, ask it to I've do that, yeah. you can ask it to do different things like and it always starts stories with once upon a time <laughs> oh does it really yeah, every oh, time so, great. so i asked it can you do that again just not start with once upon a time and it did <laughs> it just did it's, it started with once it, upon it, a time it didn't it, it, oh wow. yeah it said okay. it said oh thanks I'll, I'll remember that for next time <laughs> oh that's so cool yeah so i it's funny i actually have been using it to tell to like my kids will be like tell me a story yes and i'll be like well give me a, give me a character and like you know arlo has this little stuff stuffed bumpy from jurassic park they have like a tv show or jurassic world i guess it is uh-huh. anyway bumpy is it's like little small ankylosaurus he's a cute little ankylosaurus and um He'll say, like, Bumpy and our dog, Buster. You know, tell a story about them and how they go on an adventure, whatever. So I'll be like, you know, tell me a story about this. Include dialogue, you know, whatever. And it'll make up a thing and they'll, like, talk to each other. So it's like, And then I'll read that to them before they go to bed. It's really cute. So at the uh, end of this episode, no, no spoilers. Well, spoilers. I'm going to write a little story. We're going to come up with a story near the end, okay? That's going to be, like, okay. the end thing. And then I'm going to send it to you and you're going to play one of the parts and we're going to read it out. Little fun Perfect. story, okay? Just, just, just it. for fun, okay? I love it. All I right. love it. Um, story you know time. what else? ChatGPT's been great for. I've, I've been having, you know, on my other podcast, a couple of guests, like UX designers and stuff, and some of them will have like, uh, like a couple of weeks ago, for instance, I had a guy, and I was like, hey, send me a bio, and I'll introduce you before the show. So he sent me like five paragraphs. <laughs> It's like, it's a little long. <laughs> so like ChatGPT, I'll copy and pay. I'll be like, can you summarize this into like 10 sentences or five sentences or whatever? And it's like, perfect. They're like the best bios. Oh, yeah. ChatGPT saves me like an hour having to go and like rewrite that and stuff. So it's pretty, I've been using it for something like that. Or the other day, I interviewed um, two guys that have this uh, UX boot camp. I was like, can you guys send me a bio? So they each sent me their own individual bio. I was like, well, I meant like a bio for Kick-Ass UX for your school, you know. So I just went to their website, copied and pasted the about page, said, can you write a bio based on this content? And it wrote me like a one paragraph bio <laughs> about the school. I was like, oh, this is, this is perfect. That, that actually saved great. me a ton of time because that would have been great. a pain in the ass. But yeah, ChatGPT has been pretty awesome, man. I haven't really used it for work yet, though, necessarily. Today I, I used it to work. come up with hackathon ideas. There you go. See, you can use it for that. anything. I love it. And it's free, which is amazing. Oh, for yeah. now. Yeah. It yeah. won't be free forever. Well, I'm sure, paying but... for the, the special version because it's like it, it they upgraded it. Mm-hmm. It's like getting the uh, – I got like the PS5 and they're just running PS4. <laughs> I'm still running uh, NES over here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, man. It's a little bit of a nostalgia to it though. It's like talking to a chatbot. Yeah. Versus, you know, a human. I guess is what the free one's like. <laughs> Or the payment? Well, it's not. It's not, I mean, you know, obviously, G- G- regular old GPT is is uh, is pretty sharp, you know. But the uh, mm-hmm. the new girl, the new girl on the block, mm. I think. I think like they they did a test and uh, where it scored in different tests on the bar, the GPT <laughs> three point five can pass it, but GPT four is in the 99th oh, percentile. Oh, I saw that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Actually, like it, like it, it like aces it, the- <laughs> it aces it. Yeah, <laughs> essentially. So it's like it's getting to the point where. You know, screw lawyers. Just ask the Jack GPT. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, really, what do you need lawyers for? Thank, thank God, finally, we're getting rid of them. Sorry, Gordon. <laughs> Who needs um, a lawyer? Except for Gordon. Keep Gordon. Well, obviously, yeah, we, we, yeah. we need to keep Gordon around. Yeah. You let AI do the work for you. Is that is that like how you? Uh, you know, you, take a break? you think it's that way, but you have to analyze what the AI does. Like you have to then use you your human brain to say, yeah. does that actually make sense? 
Or is that a bunch of bullshit? You know? Yeah, the interesting thing about AI, too, is you also have to know how to give it the right input to get anything of value out. Yes, yes. You know, you can't just have junk in. I mean, you, you ask it a stupid question, you're going to get a dumb answer. I asked so a funny... You, have to, you also have to know how to use it. I asked a funny... It, it's really, really sharp, though, dude. Like, I asked it a question about, like, give me all the... I like these these two people, okay? Give me all the books on software that you think I would like, knowing that I like these two people. Mm-hmm. It gave me a list of books, and I was like, you know, these other books are also good ideas. And and I just put the title of the book, mm-hmm. and it it based off the context of the conversation, it's it found the books and added it to its list. It's like next wow. time somebody asks that question, I'll make sure to include that book. I'm like, that's awesome. Oh, nice. So it's like a hive mind, dude. It's like that's what I was thinking. It's like it's a collective it consciousness. <laughs> yes, it's a collective consciousness. And I was talking to someone today. This is way heavier than we needed to get, but. <laughs> In order for us to evolve as a species, in order for us to achieve a higher plane, Mm -hmm. we need to be able to retrieve information a lot faster than we can today. Mm -hmm. And I feel like this is us taking that step, maybe not realizing that that's why we're doing it, that we just think it's cool to, you know, hey, tell me another dad joke. (laughs) But it's it's us taking that step into realizing that, like, if we, we had this built into us. We would be expanding ourselves by the things we built. And it, I think there's mm-hmm. a, uh, there's a, I don't know if it was New York Times, might have been New York Times, or it might have been Life. Uh, so it's a, it used to be a analogy that Steve Jobs would bring up all the time. It listed out the efficiency of movement for all these different animals. And at the end was the condor. That was number two. I think the human was like piddly, like 15th on the list or something like that. One step beyond the condor, better than anything else on the list, a human riding a bicycle. Really? Yes. And Steve Jobs always remembered that because the power we have is to build tools to enhance our abilities. Right, right, right. We can be better than animals because we can build tools to be better than other animals. I think AI is just, honestly, I think it's another one of those tools. It's just scary right now because of the, the power that you can have. Do you, know, you remember how, like, um, in the Star Trek, they, like, infected the Borg? I do. That's exactly what you can do with ChatGPT. If everybody's relying on a source and you infect it with bad information, and then everybody starts thinking that, like, the moon's made of cheese and the world's flat and, like, all this, you know, <laughs> that kind of yeah. stuff. Well, I, th- I was just thinking, like a, you know, like a natural evolution would be, you know, everybody who's tall enough to eat an apple from a tree the short people die off because they can't eat the apple or animals i guess so the taller you are the more like you are to survive so your kids are going to be taller and you be taller and you end up with a giraffe right yeah and that's you know in theory that's the yeah, theory tall evolution, trees. i guess right yeah sure okay uh so, but humans on the other hand we are essentially an unnatural evolution where we are augmenting ourselves to evolve it's not happening naturally it's more of like and unnatural, you know what I mean? Like I don't, a, you know, it, because it's happening, and because because our brains are natural, I don't consider, consider it an unnatural, unnatural? thing. Okay, yeah. Because yeah. we're Not just that in a bad way. We'll just, yeah, well, like, it's know, just, it's just a, it's it's like it's it's a non, maybe non natural is the right way to put it because it's like a, um, it is artificially created, but it's created by us who have brains who are doing it. You know, right, right, and right, so right. it's like it's yeah. kind of natural in that sense. You know. 
Yeah. So anyway, that's fascinating. Fascinating stuff. This has been the. Yeah. This has been what a I conversation. Also, today. So <laughs> just like <laughs> to play on that for a minute. If we all have the same, if we're all hooked into this like hive mind thing, and we let's say we get a brain implant like Elon Musk is working on with isn't OpenAI doing that or NeuralNet or some Neuralink, one of those app, one of those companies he has. Let's say you like combine that brain chip with something like an an AI that can do and think anything at any time, nearly instantly. What does that mean for the human race when we all can think and do instantaneously? Well, who is going to, you know, want to cut the grass or, or you know, wash some dishes or, you know what I mean? Like, if everybody has that ability to think like a doctor or think like a scientist or something, would does would what would that mean for, like, the rest of the human race? Like, menial tasks would be beneath them. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Just, like, what does that mean for the economy? What does that mean for, like, the workforce? I don't know. It's very well, fascinating to think about. Well, I don't know the, happen, the, the, the historical view on that is the rich always get it first. And, well, right. and yeah, yeah, so poor, like, yeah, they like do washing dishes is going to have it last year. Look at what the rich have. They don't have to clean their house. They don't have to like wash their kids. Mm-hmm. So anything that can be cheapened and then made available to people will be cheapened. But it takes a lot of time to make things cheaper so that regular people like you and me can actually have them. We have food that's delivered to our door today. That seems normal. When I was a kid, that was bonkers do you remember takeout taxi yes i do and it was so expensive was i remember one time reasonable we ordered chilies <laughs> or applebee's for takeout taxi and it was like a hundred dollars it was so expensive yeah but you had to call and like then they had to call and then they placed the order for you and you had to pay takeout taxi and then they would pay and then but it was all over the phone and it was like i, I like almost like a luxury and you had applebee's or chili whatever chili's delivered to your door or whatever so what improved to make food delivery better? Was it the technology improving? Yes. But what really happened was that the platform that was there was improved to the point where it was now usable by more people. Mm. The network effect got to the point where it became a act. The success potential was finally there. Right. And this was, God, when was that? 90s. So that meant at the time, everything was by phone. Yeah. Everything had to be manually ordered. Exactly. You had to have a paper menu to even know what to order. You had to have cash or at least a check. Right. There wasn't like, at the time, I don't think there were like credit cards. Maybe there were credit cards, but like it wasn't the same. You know, that was back when you had the credit card machine. You had to swipe and they had to, you know, the little thing would go, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. With the little uh, transfer it would, paper. Like, it would stick to, yeah. yeah, paint on it. Right. You know, so that kind of stuff. So all that. So credit card processing, digital currency, the platform, the ease, the use of the ability for a restaurant to sign up, get the order sent to them digitally, menus available digitally and updatable, right? The ability for someone to know which, which order to pick up when they went, the ability to order it, obviously, pay online, all that stuff. All those things had to happen before... Something like DoorDash could be successful. Yeah, and 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 you think about like what rich people have today. If I was very rich, do you think I would have any worry about my kids or them being taken care of or given the information they need for school? They probably many rich, rich, rich people probably have designated people that are there to answer questions for school. To give their to help to help with the kids' schedule, to get them ready in the morning, 
to do all that stuff. Now imagine that becomes part of a platform. You're given not only a personal assistant, but you're given what rich people have at a fraction of the price. Yeah. It's just not a human. It's an AI. So all of a sudden, you don't tell your kid, hey, you need help with that math question. Oh, ask uh, Lewis. He can help. He can help. He's not working with Ronnie right now. It actually yeah. wouldn't matter because if he's AI, he can work with both of them at the same time. Right. Hey, Remy, how are you doing? What yeah. question do you have? Hey, I'm working on this math problem and I can't figure out what to... Let me draw it on the board for you. Come over here. You know, yeah. it's like Jetson shit, but it's personalized. Yeah. And that's why right. it doesn't scare me so much because I feel like people people can detect bullshit really, really easily and they'll they'll be able to detect it. And as long as a machine can't physically harm you, you could turn it off. So if you have a personal uh, see, assistant- See, that's the thing with all of this though. Let's say in the future, all this is connected and everything is connected. You remember how we talked with Goiko and we talked about like the locks that are connected and your internet goes down and you're locked out of your house because everything is smart. Mm -hmm. So like at some point, it won't physically harm you necessarily, but it could affect your, the physical, your physical environment because everything will be connected and everything will be controlled by it. And if it breaks or if it gets malicious in some way, let's say it gets smart and it wants to screw you over because you, you wronged it in some way, you know, and it's, it's, it's as smart as a human and thinks like a human, you end up with like Hal from like 2000. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like in that case, like Hal could kill you because you were in space and he could open the airlock and you're dead. And it wasn't because he had arms and legs and could physically assault you, but he could manipulate the environment to harm you. And I think, like, I don't know if we're getting, like, so off topic. Well, I think, you know, but, you I think know, there's a reason why. I, anyway, I think there's a reason why it, your sink and your toilet are different pipes. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the power you give to your, your systems in your house, if you go look around, the power you give to them to, you know, like, your, your, the thing you rely on most is your, your power, you know? So when that goes out and nothing else works, but your doors stay shut. Mm -hmm. You know, if the power went out and my doors locked and I couldn't open them, I would feel like an idiot. I was like, that's the thing that's most volatile in my house is the damn yeah. power. And so if if in the future, what will happen, what has to happen, because it always eventually makes sense. They just fuck it up like a hundred times before it actually makes sense. <laughs> um, is that, That's what people are worried about, though, dude. Is it, that it's, it's individual <laughs> AIs will have very, very focused and personalized goals and roles in your life. So the likelihood that a AI will control your doors past the point where we realize that's a bad idea is low. So, you know, like eventually people will realize that the goal is I have a specific task that I need to get done. So I'm going to pay a monthly service for each one of these AIs that's incredibly smart in these areas. I need companionship. Well, I need this. You know, dude, yeah. here's the thing, though. I think what people are concerned about is they are worried that a company, let's say like Google, which has near a near monopoly or duopoly, essentially. You get Apple or Google. That's really your only two choices, right? You can provide, Google will provide you with the AI to do all these things. Let's say Google Assistant becomes smart and becomes an actual AI and can control things intelligently. It connects to your lights, your TVs, your your smart speakers, your door locks, your cameras, like 
your tea, your freaking fridge, your stove, your, you know, dishwasher, like all this smart shit that we have in the house. Mm-hmm. Eventually, even more will be, will be, you know, past like windows and everything else. W- that system is connected. It's all connected to Google. And it isn't necessarily like Google's going to say, I have a smart assistant for your door and a smart assistant for this. It controls it all. And I think the the thing that people are concerned with is not that there won't be some human writing code that thinks it's a bad idea. It's that the giant corporate duopolies that control everything are interested in making a profit. And that is expedient to them to do it in a maybe a less ethical way because it's faster and cheaper. And that's yeah, the, what people, I, I think, are often concerned well, about. That's, it's that's, not that, like, somebody's going to say, we shouldn't connect them, because I'm sure the people <laughs> building it probably think that. It's the people above them say, doesn't matter. That's how you end up with, like, the Volkswagen cheating the, you know, sensor, whatever that was called back in the day, you know, because it was, it was expedient for that corporation. That isn't something to be concerned about, because it's going to happen. It is not something we need to worry about, because it's coming. That is going but to what, happen. Why would you not worry about that? Especially if you know it's going to happen. That's the interesting bit about it. Okay, so you know that big companies are going to come in with an AI that's going to control your life. That is only going to teach us how bad of an idea that is. There will be a ton of calamity because of it. People's houses will be broken into, hacked, information will be stolen, all this stuff will happen. But then, out of the dust of all of that shit, (laughs) something will rise. How long does that take? doesn't matter. Derek, you're like a nihilist over here. It doesn't matter because I'm not saying that's the end. That's not nihilism. This is realism. This is saying that this will happen and that is just the path things are going to take. You can stop it. You can stop. You can be like upset like, wow, what a bummer that that's the way things are going to go. But look forward. Look past that. Maybe it won't be our generation, but future generations are going to have a better environment because we suffered through the bullshit of capitalist fucking corporations owning everything. We suffered through that. I, I don't know. It, it's I just, it takes too long. It. it takes too long for a, a system like that to change. So thinking like in our lifetime, we're going to stop this from happening. Like, I just don't I just don't like understand why we would even think we have the capability to do that. I think humans, a collective group of humans, I think. Can absolutely change government policy if they. Yes, they can. But how long does it take? I wouldn't say it's going to be a hundred years or or uh, twenty years or thirty years past our you know whatever after our lifetime. People who believe that it will if will happen sooner than it will are the people who actually make the change. It just never happens as quickly as they think. So if 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 like civil rights, (laughs) civil rights seemed like an easy one. Well, but it didn't, though. I mean, that's the thing. Like, I, I guess, like, it's I'm, just not saying, I'm not saying comparing the AI revolution to civil rights because I think those are two separate things. But I, I could easily see how somebody, fifty years ago or six, seventy years ago, whenever it was, could say, "Why bother? It's going to happen eventually." So I'm not going to do anything about it. I'm not, I'm not saying I'm not saying we shouldn't do anything about it or try to oh, stop it okay. or prevent it. I'm just saying being upset about something that's inevitable unless we take action. And that's that's the thing about me and a problem that I have is that I would love to get involved in the fight for AI ethics in the yeah. world because I think I could help. I have a clear picture of what's going on. I know where it's going. I know what'll happen. But like, who's got the time? <laughs> I, I think I think that's that's it's my thing. And I think if the yeah. problem with me is that there are, if there were more people like me, nothing would ever get done. And that sounds kind of fucked up to say it yeah, about myself. So? What do you mean? 
Because if 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 my view is that, well, the inevitable thing is for like a bunch of people to make a stupid decision and mm-hmm. then eventually they'll realize they fucked up and then the result of their realization will be a better system that we actually need. That doesn't help limit how long it will take us to get to that better system, you know? But I think the thing we have to realize about changing something big is that the effort to change it is noble no matter how long it takes. So if you believe strongly that civil rights is something that needs to be changed, the likelihood that you will fight for it for the rest of your life is high, but it is noble to do. And so if you feel like this is a noble fight, then getting involved now while it's still in its infancy could limit the impact of corporations ruining the world with AI. It could. In theory. But they will partially (laughs) ruin the world. They have in the past and they will in the future. So it's sort of like saying in your head, okay, I'm going to fight this fight and I know I won't win every battle, but the fight is worth it because I could save I could save people's lives. I could do this. You don't go to war thinking you're going to win every battle. You go to win the war. And the war sometimes takes years longer than you intended. You don't, that's what planning all this shit out. Oh, within a couple of years, we'll have this figured out. No, you won't. You probably won't. But it's not, it doesn't mean you shouldn't fight for it. So I think that's where my passion is sometimes. And I lose that sometimes because people are always in my job and in life asking, when is it going to be done? When are we going to finish this? When are we going to fix the culture? I hear that sometimes in my job. Even if we never fix the culture, the actions we're taking and the fight is worth it. It's worth it for that 1% chance that we actually do. Because I've, I've actually, and I think people who've always failed don't know this, but I've succeeded before in changing culture and actually learning something or changing my viewpoint on something. And other people's viewpoints on something, even small things, sometimes big things. If you've always failed, you think you will always fail, but there is a chance. It's probably not huge, but there is a chance that, you know, the effort is bigger. And the more we know about a thing, the more it seems possible, you know, uh, to fix it. The more I knew about AI and the way companies were planning to do it, if I was on the board, I was talking to people the more likely I would be like, you know what? This is actually solvable before it gets to be a big problem. So it's just my ignorance making me feel this way. But yeah. anyway, I think the fight's worth it no matter what. So. Yeah, you're right, Derek. Yeah, you're right. Well, you're right. <laughs> I'm right. Uh, who knows? We'll see. I guess I guess only time will tell. Yeah, so keep keep uh, your head up, kids. Let's keep your head up, kids. And We're going to have to two-part this, son, son of a bitch. This has, been, this has been going a long while. <laughs> Don't worry about your AI overlords, everybody out there, uh, because eventually a phoenix will rise from the ashes. Yes. And it's actually kind of beautiful to think that, you know? I mean, it is. Like, if my efforts limit the impact of a bad thing, if that's Mm -hmm. all it does, and at the end of the day, because I think sometimes we think that because of all the superhero movies we've seen in our lives, that we can somehow be a superhero, and and, or someone can, and make a big change, and pow, boom. Most people who make big changes don't make big changes. They actually fight for a very long time and make a lot of little changes that end up by some chance causing something big to happen, you know? Yeah. So it's just you could be that one person, you know? Could be you. Could be you. Could be you. 
All right, Derek. That was a good one. This went all over the place, but I dig it. Yeah. We'll have to, right, man. Have to be a two-parter. We a two-parter. <laughs> so yeah. we can break this. It was almost like two completely different topics. Yeah, I know. Although, when we, I don't we, know, we went kinda... over to the, the chat GPT stuff and like we started talking about fucking uh, uh, experiment, uh, like uh, yeah, nihilistic philosophies and shit. Uh, we got to right. like, cut it off, yeah. <laughs> we'll see. All right, Derek. Well, this is a good one. Um, at some point, we will get together in person. I got to bring my drum set over there and we can write some of those review jams and get that done. I I'm just need to find some time. getting an electric drum set. Ooh, I got it for free. It. Yeah, Ooh, so I can set that up, and some person was getting rid of it in uh, okay. in Craigslist or something. Ooh, um, nice. Or one of my wife's friends. Oh uh, yeah, baby. So I'm it. gonna get it, and I'm gonna get we're gonna it, test baby, it out. It. We're gonna see how it works. Um, I love it, Derek. All right, uh, I think that's it. Retro Time Pod, slash reviews Leave a five star review. Like and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. All that stuff. You know what to do. Tell a friend. Leave it in your work Slack channel. Tell your buddies how important retro time is for your mental well-being. Mm -hmm. Appreciate it. And never stop fighting. <laughs> never stop fighting. Even though you'll never win. That's right. <laughs> oh, Derek and I All right. Yeah. Well, I'll leave it at that. We'll see you next time. Little wins. Get some little wins. <laughs> see ya. All right. Take it easy. Long ago, in the bustling city of Techville, there lived two best buddies named Derek and Jeremy. These two knuckleheads shared a deep passion for software development and dreamed of achieving software nirvana. They believed that software should be built in a modular way, following the principles of the Agile Manifesto. Little did they know that their journey to the mountain of software nirvana would be filled with trials, tribulations, and encounters with all sorts of weirdos and dummies. Derek and Jeremy started their adventure by joining a software company known as Innovate Tech. The company was renowned for its cutting-edge products and had teams and customers scattered all across the globe. Excited about the opportunity to work on challenging projects, the duo plunged headfirst into their new roles. Their first project was to develop an advanced communication platform for a multinational corporation. The project consisted of developers, designers, and business analysts, each with their own unique quirks. Derek and Jeremy quickly realized that working with this team would be no easy task. The developers had a penchant for complex code that resembled a labyrinth, while the designers were constantly changing their minds about the user interface. The business analysts, on the other hand, seemed to be speaking a language of their own, making it difficult for the knuckleheads to understand the project requirements. Undeterred by the challenges, Derek and Jeremy embraced the Agile mindset. They introduced a daily stand-up meeting to ensure open communication among team members and foster communication and collaboration. They also advocated for a modular approach, breaking down the project into smaller, manageable tasks. Slowly but surely, the team started to embrace their ideas. However, just when they thought they were making progress, they encountered a major roadblock. The multinational corporation's customers were located in various time zones, which meant they had to coordinate with them at odd hours. It seemed like a never-ending cycle of meetings, with each customer presenting their unique set of demands and requirements. To overcome this hurdle, Derek and Jeremy proposed implementing an online customer portal where customers could submit their request and provide feedback at their convenience. They worked tirelessly burning that midnight oil to meet the tight deadlines. 
Finally, their efforts paid off, and the customer portal was launched successfully. As news of their successful project spread, Derek and Jeremy became sought-after experts in the software development community. They were invited to speak at conferences and share their experiences. They even wrote a book titled, From Knuckleheads to Nirvana, A Software Journey, detailing their trials, tribulations, and the importance of embracing Agile principles. Through their adventures, Derek and Jeremy learned that software nirvana wasn't just about following a set of rules. It was about adapting to different situations, working with diverse teams, and finding innovative solutions. And each project brought new lessons and challenges. With their newfound wisdom, Derek and Jeremy continued their quest for software nirvana, eager to face new battles and conquer new heights. As they set off into the sunset, their hearts filled with determination and excitement, knowing that the mountain of software nirvana was within reach, one module at a time. <laughs> I love ChatGPT. Old Derek the Nihilist. All right.